Hello, my name is Z. Thanks for joining today. I want to talk about a little black box of pain because I think many of us can relate to being hurt in some way or another and not really realizing the gift that it is to be given a box of um, pain, almost like a present that we never really wanted. Uh, there's a story in the Bible I have to reference uh, about Joseph. Um, if you uh, you know are able to read through, I think it's around about Genesis 37 and just go all the way to maybe chapter 45 or so. Joseph is such an amazing example to me um, of how to handle when you've been um, betrayed or treated badly or um, situations um, have happened in your life that's brought you tremendous, tremendous pain. So just imagine being sold in slavery. Uh, let, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Joseph's brothers were very, very jealous of him. And I don't know if you remember, his parents were, I think, Jacob and Rachel. If I, and if I remember correctly, Rachel was the one that uh, was barren and couldn't have kids. So when she finally had a child, and that was the wife that, Joseph, uh, that Jacob really loved, uh, they uh, had uh, Joseph. And, uh, you know, his father treated him differently. So Joseph had the nice robe and all this and that. But Joseph would go to his brothers and brag about, well, not really brag, but really just uh, tell his dreams that God has given him. And he dreamed that his family and, um, and, uh, the sun and the moon and the stars and what have you, it was a, a, a weird kind of a dream, but he basically dreamed that his family would be almost like bowing down to him. So his brothers got very, very jealous and, um, they ended up, uh, selling him. They were going to kill him. And uh, one of the brothers uh, convinced the other brothers that let's just sell them. So they were out somewhere and uh, there was a group of people called the Midianites that came along. And the Midianites basically purchased them. So imagine um, begging. This, Joseph was begging his, parents, his uh, brothers not to sell them uh, and to take them out of the pit. And they were so jealous of uh, the anointing that was over his life, so jealous of just what they knew he could become that they decided to sell them. So... They actually sold him, and the Midianites purchased him, and uh, they then sold him to some guy called Potiphar. I don't know how to spell that, but that's the name, Potiphar. And the shortest version of the story that I can give you, and I'm going somewhere with this. I, I want you to just follow me for a minute um, because this story is very relevant. Shortest version of the story that I could give is Potiphar uh, was a very rich man. I forget what kind of kingdom he ruled over, but he was very wealthy. Uh, Joseph, because he was so highly favored by God, ended up becoming like his right-hand person uh, and uh, uh, ruling over a lot of things. Well, you would think that that's the end of the story. Okay, uh, his brothers did him wrong. They sold him into slavery. Um, that was absolutely horrible, just the thought of that, your own relatives selling you into slavery uh, and in a story. Well, not quite. Um, Potiphar's wife was very attracted to Joseph. And uh, she tried to come on to him to get him to sleep with her. And because he was such an honorable man, uh, he uh, refused to sleep with her. So guess what happened? Um, another black gift or box uh, was given to him. Um, Potiphar's wife lied and uh, said he tried to sleep with me. So Potiphar got very upset and threw Joseph in prison. So I thought about that. And again, I'm going somewhere with this story. I thought, okay, in my own personal life, First of all, you've already been, uh, let's just say, betrayed or backstabbed or someone has just tremendously, tremendously hurt you, right? So that's a gift I definitely didn't want. Um, then just when you are trying to do what's right, because the favor of God is really on your life no matter what, um, you are promoted, and that's what happened with Joseph. Then the, he turned around and ended up in jail because someone lied on him. And of course, Potiphar believed his wife, so he ended up in jail. 
So when he was in jail, uh, again, the, the, the Bible goes on to talk about how the Lord was with him, uh, which is weird. He's in jail, but yet God's with him. So think about that one for just a moment. Uh, that'll be another uh, uh, thing I can talk about at a later time. There um, were two people. Uh, one was a cupbearer. I don't even know what a cupbearer does, okay? And one was a baker. And they were thrown in jail by um, Pharaoh, uh, King Pharaoh. I guess he was over Egypt or something, right? So I don't know what they did to tick him off, but some kind of way Pharaoh threw two of his uh, people in jail. And while those two people were in jail, Joseph had already found favor, you know, with the warden of the jail and all of that. Joseph ended up interpreting dreams that they had. And the shortest version of that is Joseph basically said, hey, one of you guys are going to make it out of here. One of you guys are going to die. Turns out his prophecy was right. So Joseph said, hey, the only thing I want you to do is when you get out of here and when you go back to Pharaoh, can you please remember me? Can you please tell him about me so I can get out of here? Sure enough, they left and forgot all about Joseph. So think about that for just a moment. One, your brother sold you into slavery, threw you in a pit. They were going to kill you at first. Two, God bought you out of that pit. You're promoted, raised in an amazing situation. Someone lies on you. And because you're trying to be honorable, you end up back in, you end up in jail, right? Then while you're in jail, you help somebody and they turn around <laughs> Uh, I think it was the cup barrel. And once that person gets out of jail, basically they, they've used you and you're just irrelevant at that point. So just think about that for a moment. So for almost two years, uh, the cup barrel didn't even think about him. So look how God worked in this situation. So Pharaoh has some weird dream. Uh, I don't want to go through the details. You can read all that on your own. Um, but he had some elaborate weird, 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 uh, weird dream and no one could interpret the dream for him. But then the cup bearer remembers wait a minute, there's this guy, Joseph, that I met when I was in jail and he interpreted the dreams for me. Maybe we should reach out to him. So they actually reached out to Joseph, uh, took him out of jail. Joseph ended up meeting with Pharaoh. He ends up interpreting the dream. Pharaoh was extremely impressed with him. Again, again I'm giving you guys just short bites of the story because as I've stated before, I'm not a minister. I just love, love, love stories in the Bible and then relating it to my life. So if I'm off on something, forgive me, but this is the premise of the story. Um, so he ends up interpreting the dream. Pharaoh's very pleased with him. Uh, Pharaoh's end up raising him up to be second in command in his kingdom, which is huge over Egypt. So think about that for a moment. So the way that he interprets the dream, he tells Pharaoh, whatever this dream was about, uh, basically you guys are going to have about seven years of, of plenty, you know, of plenty, uh, store up right now, get your barns, get everything ready now. Right. And then he says, and then there's going to be seven years of severe famine and you're going to basically survive through it because you, you're going to use this time to have saved up. So Pharaoh was so impressed with that. Sure enough, um, the dream came true, you know, seven years of plenty and then the, a great famine came. And um, again, go back and read through Genesis. You can read it yourself. But it's a tremendous story about the famine that came over the land and people were starving left and right. It was really, really, really bad. Um, so here's the premise of this. Joseph's brothers, the very ones that sold him into slavery out of jealousy and whatever other word you want to throw on top of it, they ended up having to travel to the land of Egypt uh, to get food because it was one of the only places that they could go to to be able to buy and get some food because of the famine. And guess who's in charge? Joseph. 
what I really love about this is, and again, I'm jumping over all of the narratives with it, is at the end, when his brothers found out, here they are on their knees before this second-in-command guy begging for food, right? When they found out that this was their baby brother, and by the way, I think Joseph was around 17 years old, 17, 18, or 19 when this happened. And now he's right at about the age of 30. Now, he ended up ruling over Egypt, I think, for like 80-something years. I think he died at the age of 110 or so. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's how it went. But so a long time went by. At least a decade had passed by. So imagine his brothers there begging for bread, not knowing that that's their baby brother that they had done so wrong to. And, um, and, and listen to Joseph's response in this. And this is, this is what really helps me. And I'm praying that this helps you all when you are dealing with situations where you have been treated wrong. You have been given this beautiful black box uh, as a present. I, I want you guys to think through and listen, listen to how he handled it. Joseph, in a nutshell, told his brothers, I'm not even mad at you. Now, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm putting it in my own words. You can read, I think it's chapter 45 in, in Genesis. He basically says, look, I'm not even mad at you. In fact, um, had you not did what you did, um, I wouldn't be here today in the position I'm in and be able to feed and, and save and help my whole family. And, uh, and in fact, he says, and I think it's in, I got to pull my Bible out for this part because I just love, now my Bible's all, li literally, look at this. If you're watching the video, you can see what I have in my hand. If you're not watching, just listen along. But my Bible is so tore up because I just love to dive through it. But in Genesis uh, 45, verse 8, he says, so then, this is Joseph talking, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household. So I just want to, I want to stop a second and marinate on that point. I thank God for every person that's ever done me wrong, every betrayal I've ever experienced, um, every quote unquote setback in life I've had. Um, I've had situations in life that hurt me so bad that all I could do is just cry night after night after night after night. And if you find yourself in a situation where you feel that someone has given you this little um, present, this little, you know, call it whatever you may, this little black box of pain, however you want to word it, I just want you to consider and think about this. This could be your greatest gift. It could be the greatest gift in the world that someone has decided to leave you or someone has decided to not show you love, or someone has decided to um, backstab you, or someone has decided to um, cheat you, you know, in a business deal or something, or, um, man, I thought I was financially stable in this situation and now I have nothing. Now, you may say, well, Zia, that's kind of easy to say. Well, no, it's not easy to say because I've lived through a lot of that. And I always like to reference my life in some kind of way to a story in the Bible to get my strength from it. And if, if this is not parallel to my life, I don't know what is. And I pray that it inspires you because sometimes situations have to happen in life. Think about Joseph. So forget about me. Let's just think about Joseph. Had his brothers not been filled with jealousy and envy, they never would have thrown him in a pit and when the Midianites passed by, they never would have sold him, right? Okay. 
had he never been sold to the Midianites, he never would have ended up in the house of Potiphar. Now, he was done wrong again, so think about that. His wife wanted to sleep with him. He chose, no, I'm not going to do that. And the poor man ended up, you know, in jail, which is absolutely horrible. But had Potiphar not then extended him this black present, you know, this dark um, gift of pain, he never would have been positioned. And in the place he needed to be in, to meet the cupbearer and the baker. So chew on that for just a moment. The cupbearer and the baker were sent to prison by Pharaoh for whatever they did. I don't know. They did something that made him mad. Had he never met the cupbearer, two years later, when Pharaoh had that dream and no one could interpret it, the cupbearer would not have met Joseph when he was in jail. You get my point? All of those situations had to happen in order for Joseph to be positioned, uh, what, 10, 12 or so years later? Because God knew, because, you know, the story's already played out, God knows our beginning and end, that there was going to be a severe famine that was going to be sown on the land. Joseph needed to be positioned from a place of great authority, from a place of great supply, so that he then could continue to save his family and save uh, Israel uh, and, and be positioned where he needed to be. So if you can just sit for a minute and draw out that little parallel, I'm praying that what you do is whatever situation you're going through, and, and I don't know, I mean, my goodness, I can only imagine if there's anyone listening to this message, I can only imagine some of the things you may be feeling right now. But what I'm hoping that you do is as you sit in that pain and as you look at that nice little gift that's been given to you, instead of treating it like trash and, and, and hiding it away or throwing it away, I would love for you to smile. I would love, my, my sister used to tell me, Z, you always got to trick the devil. Don't do what, 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 what you think he wants you to do. Don't do the obvious. Always trick him and do the, the opposite. My family is a lot of ministers, by the way, just so you know. But anyway, that's something she always taught me and, and it always stuck with me. I would love for you to sit in that situation and smile and look at it and say to yourself, this has happened for a reason. For some reason, and it may not make sense to me now, this person was supposed to treat me this way because that's going to light the fire under me. That's going to stir the eagle's nest. That's going to do whatever it needs to do for me to now pivot and go in a different direction. And I don't know where this may end up. I don't know how many years it may take. I don't know exactly the direction that I'm supposed to go. But I do know that this situation has happened for a reason. And if God allowed uh, me to be treated this way or allow this person to walk out on me or this person to hurt me, it's because I now need to head in this new direction. And so I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of those people and situate all of those people that's caused any type of pain in my life, all of the naysayers, all of the critics, um, all of the 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 gifts that I never wanted. <laughs> I'll call it a gift. Uh, I thank you and I, I thank them, I should say, 
for playing their role. And what I mean by playing their role is if you sit back and really think about it, the movie's already been written and directed. You know, the God already knows the end and knows how uh, our lives are going to end. He already knows the directions we're supposed to go. So when you have these people in your life that are causing tremendous damage, tremendous pain or what have you, the way that I'd like for you to think about it, and this is kind of how I look at things, they're really just like a puppet or, or maybe a puppet is the wrong word. I was going to say they're like a puppet, you know, sort of being strung along, but they really are like actors just playing out their parts. That's all they're doing. They're, they're, and in, in, in essence, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. I know that that sounds weird to hear me say that, but they're just doing their part. You know, um, I'm holding back the tears as I'm talking, as I'm thinking through some really, really painful situations I went through. Um, but as I reflect on the story with Joseph, his brothers were just doing their part. Yeah, they were filled with envy and jealous and they did them wrong and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, we know that, right? But they were just doing their part. They were just the, the actors playing out the skit and doing what they're supposed to do so that that next situation could present itself, right? Even with Potiphar, when Joseph was um, put in command of his household and everything, honorably, by the way, his wife was just an actress uh, playing out her role, her part. So she was supposed to be attracted to him. She was supposed to desire him. She was supposed to set him up uh, and do what she did. Um, Potiphar's heart was supposed to get hard so that he would not believe uh, Joseph and put him in prison. You get my point? All, everything that may be happening in your life, uh, and again, I'm not a counselor, not a minister. I'm just speaking to you from my heart because God has placed this in my heart to talk about. But all of those situations are playing itself out as it should. So it's okay to sit and cry for a while because I did over many situations. It's okay to mourn the loss of a friend or a relationship or a job or whatever it is. But once you've done that, spent your little time crying and moaning over all of that, which we all do. I want to encourage you to spend some time just sitting with God, sitting in silence. I don't know what your religion is, and I'm not trying to convert you to anything. But sit and ask yourself and ask him, okay, what is it that you want me to do next? How do you want me to pivot from this? What do you want me to do? And I want you to look at those people, and instead of being filled with any type of hatred or anxiety or whatever it is you may be thinking, I want you to sit quietly by yourself, you know. For those who know me, I sit in my closet. I literally go in my closet, turn off the light, and sit in darkness. And I've been doing this for years since I've been going through some very, very, very difficult things. Um, and that's my best space to just, I call it just sitting with God, just sitting in my closet and saying, Lord, what do you have to say to me? But whatever you want to do, that may be weird to you, whether it's going to a park or going for a walk, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Sit, think about the situation. Visualize that present being given to you and visualize yourself wrapping it with beautiful bows and ribbons and setting it high up someplace to be on a display. Because that very pain, that very pain that was sent to you is going to be your greatest gift.
your greatest, greatest gift. So the next time someone hands you a small box of pain wrapped and presented as a present, I want you to look them in the eyes, whether it's in the physical or in the spiritual, and thank them. Thank them for playing their role because all things are going to work out for the good of God and for your benefit. Thanks for listening. I pray that this encouraged you. My name is Z. Until next time, bye-bye.